0: mm mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your Reach and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David
1: Hilton. Mitch Allen Smedley, what's up, buddy?
0: Oh, middle name in me? Am middle? I in trouble? No, you're not. I'm in trouble. trouble. And Austin, my mic back here. here. Oh, and oh, Austin's doing the, the self intro back there yeah. again. Two the yeah. yeah. the shows in a row. See.
1: Boop. It just shut his ass down. We just
0: need to, you can unplug his mic.
1: Yeah. maybe gonna, <laughs> gonna We're going to, you we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to, I'm going to ask you and I will go first if you're not prepared because I know you're not. Give me one stupid thing you did li- this last week. I have one for me. Do you want me to go first? Uh, Yeah. Well, does it have to do with why
0: you're walking around yeah. so stiff? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's hear it. Okay. You go first and then I'll follow up. Okay.
1: So, I told you I shot that big buck, right? Yep. So I have, I'm going hunting in Kansas, all right? And I have a bunch of boat uh, doe tags left. Okay. So I called a friend of mine. He's like a 60-year-old man, okay? He doesn't hunt, but he loves deer meat. I said, hey, man, if you want, I'll just give you this deer if you want to come over and get it. Oh, man, that, dude, thank you. That'd be great. Okay, so he comes over last night. I sunk my skinning knife into my thigh Almost two inches. Oh no! Oh my god, dude! I buried it. You stitched up? No, I'm not stitched up. Glued up? up? Yeah. Well, well, so my wife works at hospital. So, but yeah, literally. Well, so I'm I'm down there. Your, I, your wife
0: works in the office
1: of a hospital, right? No, like management side. She does, but no, she's in the trenches.
0: Okay. So, All
1: right. but yeah, so I'm I'm literally. We're skinning this deer And it's on the ground You know One guy Skinning one half I'm skinning the other half I'm going to Cut down his neck Right And So I've got It's pointed at me a little But not bad And I've got a hold of his leg Up You know To hold it up Out of the way Out of the way Well my hand slips Off his leg And I lunge Forward And And then the knife comes out and literally I like, I didn't stab myself. I fell into it and just, dude, it fucked me up. Like went through my jeans, through my long underwear I was wearing. And by the time they left and I went inside, the blood had soaked bigger than a softball into my jeans after completely soaking my long underwear like it, my leg hurt so bad today I couldn't Damn. even walk I didn't work today I couldn't this morning I was so stiff I couldn't walk I was like uh-huh. I so I'm I'm going to sit at home today and put wood on the fire I mean it, it was it was the biggest most bonehead dumbass move Well
0: 2 inches you're you're past the fat you're into some muscle Oh yeah you
1: cut some muscle Oh I, yeah that muscle is Yeah, it's lit up. So I mean, it's on fire. Right, like right now. I I took a bunch of pain pills before the show, and I've had a little whiskey. So (laughs) if the show today is a little, if I seem a little out of whack, that's why. Slurring his words, that's why. That's why it's not the booze. It's I. You know,
2: let me answer something. So this is the importance of owning your own business because if you were going in, the boss would be like, "You still coming in, right?"
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) No, I just. I mean, I was. I mean, I I messed up bad. It was bad. I probably. I Janine's. You, we have to go to the hospital. Like, we have to go. Like, after I to like, pump. what do you mean? She's like, you need stitches. Like, you need a lot of stitches. I'm like, nah, I'll be fine. So, like, my skin knife. Give me knife, some tape. Like, it's only, like, four or five inches long. You know, and it's basically a triangle shape. Yeah. I buried half of it. Ugh. So, it's only, like, an inch and a quarter. It's probably an inch, but it's An deep, inch long, but deep, yeah. But it's yeah. deep. So, I've been in some serious pain the
0: last couple of days. So, our podcast studio is on the second floor of my home. And I'm following Dave up the stairs, and he's walking about like he's 94 yeah. going was, up the stairs. I was stairs. walking
1: like I had taken a, a pin and put it in my butt and was trying to carry it upstairs that way. <laughs> That's what he's I was like. Walking. Don't that let go of the pin. That right leg does not want to bend like right balloon. right now. Oh, man. A balloon crossing the so border. So for all of you out there that do your own deer, like most of us <laughs> do that hunt, yeah. I uh, don't do that. Don't be a complete dipshit.
0: Well, so you want to hear my boneheaded move yeah, let, for the week? Yeah, what do you got? deer as well so it's deer season here uh deer season opened up on saturday right rifle season rifle season opened up on saturday I've
1: been bow hunting for like a month solid straight at yeah.
0: least um and so i took my son mason for the first time ever he's never shot a gun what was it thursday night Wednesday night or Thursday night before so season opens Saturday morning. Oh, when you came over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I message up yeah, Dave. It was I say or Wednesday,
1: something like that. Hey,
0: I'm gonna take Mason gun hunting. We're just gonna. I have a I have a shotgun with a rifled slug barrel, iron sights, fifty yard like yeah. It's just a good brush gun, right? Yeah, and. uh uh, I'm going to have Mason shoot my shotgun. I say, he's never shot the shotgun before. So I call up Dave and go over to Dave's house. Cause Dave's got a little bit of land and yeah, I said, shoot some
1: shit, man. Let's yeah, see what you got Threw some pumpkins <laughs> up and, and
0: <laughs> plinked them away. Right. He was doing good. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. He did. It all right. Um, so he shot the gun six times at your house. Um, Is that how it was? And we go out hunting. He, it, this was the best day I've ever had hunting in my life. like, I feel bad because he got spoiled. Um, oh, yeah.
2: He's... Yeah, he don't know.
0: <laughs> throughout the entire day... Meanwhile,
2: Dave just has a knife in his leg while yeah. Mitch is out just having the best deer <laughs> yeah. of his life.
0: Uh, Like, throughout the entire day, we went... <laughs> the longest we went without seeing deer was 40 minutes. And that was from when we sat in this... Like, sat in the stand 30 minutes before daylight. Yeah. It, we saw deer within 10 minutes of daylight. Yeah. Like...
1: Well, this year, so in Missouri, it's been warm all fall, like seasonal all fall, and literally rifle season. It was two days, two days before that, it got cold. Yeah, it's so a it was cold like front perfect. move through the day before rifle it was, season. It was perfect. Yeah. rifle hunting this year. Um, so if you didn't get one and you're in Missouri, yeah, maybe quit hunting. Um, <laughs> you're doing something. So wrong. we had
0: yeah. we had plenty of shot opportunities. Uh, you know, he's a novice with a gun, so we were kind of having to be a little selective. Um, he had a couple of shot opportunities at some really big deer, but they were through a little bit of brush, would have taken a really good shot, yeah. and he didn't take them. But he was That's patient. conservative and, hunting, yeah. right? We he, talk about he it. He was patient. He waited a whole hour and a half after the sun <laughs> came up. He has no idea. And, and he's had his, like, fifth <laughs> buck walk by. Yeah. And, oh,
1: do I just do this every time and wait for one to get close? And and so
0: <laughs> this buck walks by, and, and he's chasing a doe. All these bucks were chasing does. And, you know, I tell him, I'm like, that's a legal deer. Like, we're in a county where it has to have four points on one side. And so that's the biggest thing is, like, I'm making sure he doesn't shoot an illegal deer.
2: <laughs> or a person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yes. you'd have to be a fucking idiot if you shoot a person.
2: But, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I mean me.
0: But uh, he, uh, I tell him, I'm like, this deer is smaller than the other ones you've seen this morning. Do you want to wait for one of those to come back? Or do you want to take this one? And he's like, Dad, it's my first deer. I don't really care. And I'm like, all right. It's up to you. Shoot dude. him, right? And he's like 40 to 50 yards away. Um, oh,
1: so right where he was practicing. Yeah, right, nice. right
0: in the line where he was practicing. Nice. Great shot. I mean, everything everything went good with that. My boneheaded yeah, what, what, what do you got? So we handle that. We, we, you know, handle his deer or whatever. We go back and hunt for the evening. Now he's out of tags. So yeah, he's I'm, I'm holding the gun now. Right. Yeah. And he's spotting deer for me and having fun and everything else. Well, uh, tell me you missed a deer. Uh, biggest, <laughs> biggest deer I've ever had in range while I'm holding a gun. We, we had biggest deer like the biggest deer I've ever had in range while he's holding the gun, his first day hunting yeah. 30 minutes in the stand. And here's this like 140 inch
1: yeah, 10 point. I can feel the anger in your voice. Yeah. So <laughs> I would also have been angry. Like, Man, yeah. What the fuck? Give me that gun real quick. <laughs> yeah,
0: But, but, uh, so, um, the, the game plan was my dad was hunting a stand like 250 yards from where we were and it's all through the woods. Um, and and so the game plan was at about 4.45, if we hadn't seen much of anything, then Mason and I were going to get down and start walking to my dad's stand yeah, and see and if we could push something his way. right? Push some deer, yeah. And so my dad texts me at 4.30 and he says, hey, in 15 minutes, if you don't see anything, just start heading my way. Mason says, okay. Literally the moment Mason says, okay, I'm like, shoot her deer. Yeah. Walking in and we see him from about 70 yards away through the brush through the trees and all i can see is this massive freaking rack so uh deer comes in following a doe closest thing to mating we've seen like this deer is like on the doe and the doe well, is she
1: walking slow she's walking slow off? right perfect like St- dave
0: and so <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> that's walking right. like dave with a knife in his leg <laughs> yeah um, limping and so uh the deer turns broadside at about 50 or 60 yards from the stand
1: Oh man, I love
0: where this is going. Not for you, you. For my
1: personal ego. Just entertainment. I pull the gun
0: up, pull the trigger. The deer kicks slightly, runs 15 yards, stands there, and like his back starts arching up. You know how when you get a really good shot on a deer? Yeah. And they, it's almost like they've got mega heartburn. Yeah. They just kind of stand there and bow <laughs> yeah. up for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, they lock up and just fall over. So
0: deer stands there and bows up, and now I get a better look at his rack, and I'm like, that's a big freaking rack. I am not... wait Like if this deer is standing here while I'm holding a loaded gun...
1: I shoot him again. I'm
0: shooting him again, yeah. right? So now he's like... 70 or 80 yards away.
1: Now, still within range.
0: Iron sight shotgun. I'm good to 100 yards on this thing. I've gone to the range. It's dead on at 100 yards. It's an inch high at 50. It's like Yeah. It's it's an inch high at 50. It's dead on at 75 and it's an inch low at 100. Well, at 100 yards with iron sights, you're putting I, can't, it right I can, on I can on Yeah, it. I'm you're, not you're within an in the inch. Middle anyway. and him yeah. Fly. yeah. So, <laughs> I pull up, pull the trigger, knocks the deer over. <laughs> like it's, it's a shotgun, so there's a tiny puff of smoke that comes out of the end of it. So, like, the split second you pull the trigger, you can't see your shot. It's not like a right. Like, a lot of times with a rifle, you can actually see where yeah. it hit, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, this, a cl-
1: it's a clean burn.
0: Yeah. This, you can't quite see it, right? So, I can't quite see where I hit, but, like, the moment you can see something, the deer is flopped over on its side, and its legs are kicking in the air. Mason and I start celebrating in the stand, right? Well... As as we're celebrating in the stand, putting the gun back on safety, I'm like hanging it up. I'm grabbing my bag. I look over. The deer fucking stands up and walks away, (laughs) (laughs) and his back legs in like shambles, right? Yeah. So like he's 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 dead
1: somewhere. You've seen that's not true because I've seen a three legged deer before.
0: You've seen you've seen Deadpool where the guy's like trying to run away from the Zamboni. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. With With, one leg. With with no no legs. legs, Right. (laughs) That's about what this deer looked like trying to walk away, right? Oh,
1: my God. And he,
0: he, we're hunting right on the edge of this crazy thick stuff. And so he, like, slips away right into the thick stuff. And I look at Mason, and I'm like, that son of a bitch just walked away. I knocked him, like, literally knocked him on his ass, dude, right? Dude, I feel for you. I feel so, your
1: pain so bad right now.
0: So here's my boneheaded move. So let me ask you. So, dude. No, go ahead. I'll ask you. So,
1: I, I have a list of questions going here.
0: So my adrenaline's going right. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I put two shots in this thing. My boneheaded move was telling myself i don't need to wait 30
1: minutes yeah always wait 30 minutes right always wait 30 minutes
0: so it was getting a little dark and so i told mason the the this is a thicker area that we're hunting and so i said i'm gonna stay in the stand i want you to or no no we did this backwards i said you stay in the stand i'm gonna walk over there to where
1: i shot him see if you see blood
0: and and see kind of where we're at and i just need you to help guide me over there because it. You know, things look different on the ground than in the stand. They look different when you're over there. Especially
1: if it's not an area that you hunt all the time. Yeah,
0: it's our first time ever in this area. And so um, I go over there. Mason gets me right to where it was. Everything's fine there. Um, No blood. And no sign of shot, no hair, no nothing. And, like, I know I hit the deer. I knocked him on his fucking ass, right? Well,
1: first off, so, like, usually a slug won't go through a deer. Correct. So there usually won't be blood. Right. I shot mine this year with a 300 blackout it didn't go through at yeah. 20 yards. So, so
0: Mason's deer, we found the slug lodged just under the skin and the opposite shoulder. Mason put a perfect shot on him oh, aimed for that opposite right. shoulder. Like it was just under the skin. So, and Mason's deer did not bleed very much at all.
1: No, um, you got to hit a lung and hope they're coughing it up as they're running. If they, and that's if you the don't only, see where they go. The yeah. only
0: blood we found from Mason's deer was from him
1: coughing. Yeah. Bright red and a lot of bubbles. Yep.
0: So, uh, uh yeah, I ended up bumping the deer out of scene. We never found him that night. Oh, you night. saw
1: him bump and run, or did you just no? Hear him? We just
0: know. Like, I mean, he was he was walking away, dragging like a shambles of back leg. So
1: he's dead somewhere. Somewhere.
0: So we go back,
1: like the next day or uh, later that night.
0: Today, actually. Oh, you went today. We went today.
1: This when did you hunt?
0: This was Saturday that, that was we Saturday, hunted. Yeah. So we okay. went back Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Went back Tuesday. It
1: must be nice owning your own company. <laughs> wink, wink. Perks of the job, wink, right? wink. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we
0: go back today and scour the area, no sign of anything. Mm. So my boneheaded move was it's not wait. You gotta following wait. the
1: rules. You've got to wait 30 minutes. So the the rules are... Oh. for
0: for all you hunters out there you'll understand this if the deer drops within sight you have no wait you can just go if the deer runs out of sight you wait 30 minutes yeah if you are unsure if you know you got a gut shot or you are unsure of your shot you, you wait eight, go, 8 hours before yeah, you, you go, go track the, that deer you
1: try to go the next day
0: and and you back out you don't even go up and investigate you back out and i knew all these full well but for some reason i don't know why busted them I I think it was because I knew we were not going to be able to come back down Sunday. Yeah. And so I just thought. Mason
1: got one. You were excited.
0: Well, and I I think I got thrown for a loop too. I I literally knocked him on his ass. I mean, we were staring at belly and four feet flailing in the air. I'm Mm. like, we totally knocked this dude out. And so that was my boneheaded move. Literally the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And, I, Ouch. Yeah. I can't, can't find him. So, so,
1: and the reason why Thank you, you wait for half listening to Two Idiots on How Not to Hunt or Gut Deer. <laughs> <laughs> or Gut
0: Deer, right? Why do you wait half an hour?
1: Huh? Sorry, why do you wait they, half an so hour? So, they will run, and then if they're really injured, they'll lay down. And so, they'll usually just die right there. If you shoot them in a lung, and let's say you get
0: one lung, it might take them 20, 20 minutes to die. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not what you want. Like, the goal is a very quick and painless shot, right? Hmm. But we're all human. And they call it hunting, not killing. So, um, you know, yeah. you if you, if you see him drop within sight, you know he's dead. Like, you can watch him.
2: Oh, because my, my mind was like, why don't you go down and just chase him down and shoot him a third time? You ever seen a deer run? I mean, they're fast as shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Austin's a novice hunting. But i like
2: if, if his back leg is down, I guess my mm. thought would be like the, the reason why they say that is because like maybe someone can get too focused on the deer and they run into someone else's hunting territory. That's, that could happen.
0: Yeah, that can happen. So there was one other weird thing that happened that night while we were looking for him that night. Um, we're hunting right off a roadway. Um, I'll say right off a roadway. This property is is bordered by a road, and we're only. 250 yards from the road and um, off the direction that the deer went, we heard this really loud truck slam on its brakes. Oh no! We hear a gunshot. We hear a tailgate. And then we hear a truck tear
1: off and out of there. Someone shot that. Sumbitch. So they're like, Oh, look at this deer's all messed up at this <gasps> point.
0: Like, like we ended up finding blood and all of that. Like, so go we look know,
1: did you go look in the road and see if you saw blood?
0: No, there's no blood in the road. Hmm. Um, so like we know i hit it there's no question about that but we don't know what happened i mean you could second guess yourself until we could talk
1: hunting stories i hit i hit a deer in the front left leg one time in the shoulder and literally knocked the deer to the ground he got tangled in a fence and i'm like man i've just smoked this huge 10 point he gets up looks around literally looks at me in the stand, yep. runs off, jumps the fence. I get down, I go out into the field and I can see him running across the field with an arrow sticking out his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, man, what the f-
0: yep. man? Well, you, you helped me track one, one time. Oh man, this was 10 years ago. That was brutal down at Lone Jack. Um, when we
1: went back the next day, yep. you said, Hey, can I have some help? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I shoot this deer, uh, public land hunting. This is
1: Mitch's like second year hunting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe first. It may have been the first. yeah it's probably second, I think. Um, public land hunting and um, uh, so public land is so crazy because there's so many people there. and You, you can just, shoot
1: a big buck on public land. You, you but can, but not, not close to the
0: city like where we're at.
1: It is a pain in the ass. So
0: the small, small deer walks in and to me, like even a small buck is a trophy on public land especially as close oh, to yeah. the city as we are. So, I shoot this deer and he runs off, hits a tree, boom, he's over, he's dead. I'm in a climbing tree stand. So I watch him for a second, text my wife, tell her I got one, so I'm going to be home late. And I, you know, take my bow off and I tie it to my rope and I lower it down to the ground. And then I start working my way down the tree with my climbing tree stand. And uh, I get halfway down the tree and that deer stands up. And walks away, and I, I, I have no bow. I have like yeah. bows on the ground, Yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And, and so I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. I, I think, think what him, happened is me. I got kind of a bad shot, and the deer like knocked himself out on the tree, and then <laughs> and then came to and ran. Like I don't, I don't think he actually like, yeah, you know. But, uh, I mean, you and I tracked him for like 100 yards, and we were, we were tracking like eighth of an inch droplets of blood. Yeah, like, and then they vanished. And then they vanished. Like, that deer did not. He lived to see another day, I for mean, sure.
1: I mean, so. deer hunting is brutal. Like, it just, I, I shot one, at a, this was two years ago, at 150 yards, uh, I think I was shooting my 5.56, five, hit him good saw him mule kick, saw him drop a shoulder and limp into the woods. Like, I mean, went out there, tracked blood, and I mean good blood for 100 yards, never found him. Yep. I mean, you could shoot, you could one lung a deer, and that dude could run for a mile during the rut. Like, if his testosterone's running, that dude's gone. Yep. I mean, just gone. Yep. It is extremely, so I shot that buck on Saturday at 20 yards. I've got a red dot sight on that rifle. Mm -hmm. I shoot him. I see him bolt and run off. So I set my gun in the sling. I get down and I just walk literally 20 yards. And I'm like, I'm just going to see, make sure I got good blood. No blood. I'm like, man, what did I? I mean, so for 30 minutes, I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you God, you know, I'm just, I'm up there fuming. (laughs) So 45 minutes goes by and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get down. I'm going to seriously go look. And then, literally, I don't know, fifty yards down the trail, I start seeing blood, and I'm like, "That bullet must not have gone through." And I'm like, "How does a 300 blackout, which is a 30 caliber bullet, yep. it's 155 grain, so it's moving above the speed of sound, not go through this deer at 20 yards?" And then I find him balled up, yeah, you know. But I was just like, mm. I mean, I was, I've had so many bad experiences. I mean, I was losing my mind. I'm so happy. Everything's great. Yesterday, I skinned that deer, stabbed myself in the leg. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker got me back. Maybe I'm like, glad yeah. I didn't get a buck. He, he <laughs> yeah. got me back. Yeah. He got uh, you. So, got me.
0: So, I, take, I actually take Mason out of school today. Um, oh, to go? Daniel and I talked about it, and I, I told him. What's
1: I, one day of school? Well, come and,
0: on. And, and the lesson he was learning today about the ethics of hunting, and you don't just give up, you. You You make efforts to go back. Mm. It's an hour and twenty-five minute drive to this hunting place, right? So give
1: it everything you have.
0: Though it's a three-hour commitment just to drive there and back. Mm -hmm. And so I take him out of school today, and we go down there with my dad, um, Mm. and and look for this deer. And we spent hours and hours and three wide. There's 20 yards in between us, so we're, we're covering like 70 or 80 yards wide worth of path through the woods. Like yeah. we scoured this property, we we literally did everything we could. Yeah, to to recover this deer and as he a conser-
1: as a conservationist, that's yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah. And, you know?
0: and he is. All we know is he is not on the property dead. That yeah. doesn't mean he didn't like. I don't know. It did did he run to the next property and die? I don't know. He's dead. Um, He's dead somewhere. Did he get shot by that guy on the road, or was that a completely random separate thing? I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's tough to say. But the the cool thing with it was Mason got to see like the most active day in a tree stand I have ever had and in my life. Saw some
1: serious mistakes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. He got to yeah. see the full range of it. He yeah. got to see a successful shot. He got to see many shot opportunities. He got to see. You know, obviously bad shots. Um, or it—it's it, possible that they weren't even bad shots because, like Mason's deer, the bullet didn't pass all the way through. So it's possible mine to both my shots hit the deer, but didn't pass all the way through and didn't bleed. So we didn't have a track.
1: It could hit him, in and no then he, land too. yeah, yeah, like
0: you just don't know. Um, also, but we also dropped his deer off. There's a uh, there's a Mennonite deer processor down in that area. Yeah. So we dropped his deer off at the Mennonite Deer Processor, and he got to watch all that. He's never seen a butcher shop before, so he got to watch
1: them. That's a trip.
0: Well, what's crazy Mm. is there's like 80 people in there, and not one of them had a knife sticking out of their legs, so they're a hell of a (laughs) lot better than you are. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no shit. Um, But at the time we dropped masons off, they had already taken in over 350 deer. Yeah, so hey,
1: since opening ex- day, meat's I mean, expensive right now, so yeah, it's pretty I cool. Mean, uh, yeah, I'm ready to, the, you know,
2: for me to come in and Mitch be like, "Awesome, do you want some some yeah. meat? Well, I guess um, So then Turkey.
0: on the on the way to the Mennonite place, we had talked with Mason. We we're going to do like a European mount for his rack. You know, yeah. the, the, the buck hey, Mason shots. Are you? Yeah. I'm
1: doing mine. You want to do them at the same time?
0: Well, so on the way to the Mennonite place, like literally a mile from there, uh, there's a sign on the side of the road that says European mounts, a hundred bucks. And sold. And there's a guy disgusting
1: mess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well there's a guy in front of us, uh, a truck and trailer and he's got two massive bucks on his and he's pulling into this lot and so we're like, well, we don't know this guy but
1: Let's see what it is about. Let's just
0: see, right? So we go drop Mason's deer off. They cut the head off for us real quick. We come back and walk into here. So Mason got to see the inside of a taxidermy shop during deer season. He got to see all kinds of different racks. Nice. I mean, giant 180s. Yeah. Giant non-typicals and all these are from around the sedalia area it's kind of cool um, um he got to see small individual like a small like tiny basket rack eight he got to see one where it's only four points on one side and nothing on the other side yeah. still a legal
1: deer got hurt like from um, uh
2: was it that deer something something season where like the dr just has one antler so they uh, open, broke season, off. open season, the animated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what no, it they, is. they get broke
0: off and everything else. So he got to see all that first. So, so then, <laughs> yeah. Just
2: use my movie references
0: to like cap off this really cool experience. While we're we're on the complete other side of the property, we've scoured everything. We're kind of talking about like, do we give up or do we keep looking? And I mean,
1: I'm going home. I'm like, man. Well, <laughs> I'm I mean, out of here. we
0: did our due diligence. There was yeah. no question about it. So here I'm we are, standing here. in the middle of the woods, talking. And I was explaining to Mason some of the rules of hunting. Um, I kind of follow like Fred Bear's rules of hunting. Um, I do Smokey smoky bear? <laughs> I bet you do.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, who yeah,
2: yeah. wants that mute button for us? Yeah, I
0: got to so, get a mute button. So rule number one for Fred Bear's rule of hunting is don't look for deer, look for movement, and know that yeah. deer are looking for the same thing, right? Yeah. And so I just got done explaining to Mason Rule number one.
1: With your hands like this?
0: Right. No. You're, you're no. talking
1: Mitch hands that are always so, moving. He does, so, this, does this motion right here. Yeah, I not. explained
0: that to him. And literally two minutes later, I'm like, Mason, there's movement over there. There's a deer is walking this way. And my dad, he's like, there's a deer on this property that my dad has been hunting for two years. It's, a, it's a giant 10 pointer. And my dad was hoping that Mason wouldn't shoot it. Uh, we saw <laughs> it that day. Uh, that was one of the crazy big deer that we saw First that were off, within range.
1: How have I not got invited to apparently this great hunting property uh, you have?
0: I didn't get invited until this year.
1: So. You know what? I'll call your dad. Yeah, yeah. we're better friends than you and yeah. Five years so, later, I'll
2: start. You know, I'll start getting invited.
0: So I tell Mason, I'm like, Hey, there's a deer heading this way, and and then I see it's got antlers, and I'm like, Dad, get your gun ready. There's a deer heading this way. And I've got my gun already ready. Safety's already clicked off. Like, I'm ready. You're like, I'm going to smoke this fool. Three dudes in full orange standing there in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And this deer is just walking right in on us, right? And so uh, then the deer gets close enough, and I realize he's got a big old rack. And so I'm like.
1: And three legs.
0: <laughs> and, and, and so I'm like, Dad, get your gun ready. And he's like, oh, oh, Okay. You know, yeah, your know, classic, is, well, your, classic dad is a, your dad is well, so
1: he, hilarious.
0: He's, he's pulling that grandpa line of like, he wants to watch everyone else succeed before he succeeds, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I know that there's this deer that he's looking for and I'll be damned if I'm going to let him like
1: not take an opportunity at it. Right. So you're so much nicer than me. I shoot that deer and don't tell it. Well, anyone. I mean, my <laughs> gun, Did, my gun was already that? ready.
0: My gun was already ready and, and this property is super thick. Like the whole thing is bedding area. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I told my dad, like, get your gun ready. Well, here comes this deer. He walks to within, like, 18 yards of us. And next thing I hear, like, the deer's walking right in. And at the moment he gets out into a clearing enough, I realize half his rack's missing.
1: Oh, okay? man. Now,
0: the other half is a nice, brilliant half of a 10, 10 point. It's five beautiful points. So,
1: someone's either shot it off or he's probably broken off, broke in it a, off in a battle. Probably broke
0: it off fighting. Yeah. Yep. And it was broken off very low at the base. Really? Um, so, but.
1: Personally, I would not shoot that deer.
0: No, I wouldn't either. So, I had already decided I'm not going to shoot it. My dad hasn't seen, like, it's 18 yards away, we have to be quiet, right? My dad hasn't seen the other side's broke off yet. Uh-oh. So So, my dad, he's never really shot his shotgun for hunting. He's shooting with a shotgun as well. Um, he has a two seventy. I don't know Can why him, he's using his shotgun. How do you? Oh, idiots! I take that back. Listen, I know why.
1: Mitch and his dad have money. Buy a rifle. What are you guys doing? <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's he's what got a do it. He's got I a, a two seventy. Like, oh, right, just here, yeah. Mitch. Take take this. I, so take it. Deer walks
0: in eighteen yards away, and. uh, one of the other rules I explained to Mason was you have three chances with a deer. Strike one, strike two, strike three, and you're out, right? Strike one as Mo- they see you.
1: Movement, Actually,
0: strike one as they hear you, strike two as they see you, and strike three and they're out as if they smell you, right? Yeah. So this deer walks in. First thing my dad does, clicks his safety off louder than ever. Like, I think he pushed that button as hard as he can.
1: Click. Right? So it stops. So that
0: deer stops and looks straight at my dad. And I'm like... That was strike one right?
1: <laughs> and so
0: then here's my dad like putting his gun on a branch like getting a good so, keep in mind my dad hasn't seen the fact that it's only got half a rack yet
1: and and, and so let's be honest your dad's like you he's pretty I don't want to say gangly because that's not the right word but he's a little two, right yeah he's yeah. a big old dude he's yeah. a little He's a little Shrekish, so so you know.
0: Now my dad still hasn't really seen where this deer is. He just knows where we're looking. He doesn't know the deer is staring straight at him, and the deer has stopped moving. So here's my dad, like he's got his gun up. Well, now he's getting his binoculars out, and he's looking. It's, It's fucking 18 yards away, Dad. Like he doesn't. He just. He hasn't seen it, so he has no clue where to look. And so, uh, in okay. my mind, I'm thinking, "There's strike two. Yeah. He's seen you, right? Now I he went. never smelled us because we were downwind of him. Uh, but so the deer just decides to drop his tail and turn around and just trot away. Yeah. You know? And my dad didn't see him until that point. Oh man. But here's the okay the 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 sweet sauce of all of this. If there is yes. anything if positive of all of this, if you learned
1: anything, it's don't go hunting with a smedley. Yeah. That is <laughs> well, what you've learned.
0: Except it's Mason. Like go hunting with him. He's a good luck charm, apparently okay um, got it so no
1: smedley no vic yeah got it take mason take mason
0: <laughs> uh so here's the sweet spot with all this is my dad recognized that was the 10 pointer that he's been hunting for two years and now he knows where not to spend the rest of the season because the one deer he wanted off that property has is missing half of his rack so better he'll just wait till next year yeah so and they, they have another property down there too that they hunt as well whose so. property is it
1: you don't, I don't have to tell me that. What no, I, know, I, I honestly
0: didn't. have no clue. So oh, it's my, dad my, my dad and my uncle. My dad my uncle have hunted down there for like seven or eight years. They're tiny properties, so they don't have a lot of room for guests.
1: 20 bucks um, says they bought them. Never told any of the kids. Nope,
0: nope. <laughs> Guarantee I got, it. I got the full story on that. They're in line to buy them. They want to buy them, but they have not bought them yet. Hmm. So. Hey. Yep.
1: Your dad's getting old. Maybe we buy. Uh, I got enough hunting ground up here.
0: Yeah. So that... Uh, so that's so, yeah. deer season in a nutshell in I was Missouri. trying to just
1: act. I hadn't, you know what's messed up is I text you about Mason shooting a deer and all that, and you did not text me anything about you being an oaf yep. and missing that deer. <laughs>
0: well, I wanted to wait and bring it full story, and like, <laughs> so here was my goal. My, like, I didn't mention anything about it on social media or anything. Like, my goal was to go down there today, find the deer. and will be like, just don't give up, people. Success story. And then, like make some kind of Facebook post about this is what hunting is all about and not giving up and going back and looking again and you know, all this stuff and it just didn't happen. So it kind of sucks.
1: Oh man.
0: But who knows? I might go back next year. I don't know. I, I have not deer hunted in 10 years. I went this year because Mason wanted to go and, um, and like I had to buy a tag for him to go.
1: Yeah. Like the rule
0: in Missouri is he does not have his hunter's education course yet.
1: He doesn't have to till he's 15. He right? doesn't have
0: to. And so, but the rule is if he does not have one, you then have he to has go. to be in the direct company of a licensed hunter. So I had yeah. to buy a tag in order to him, have him go. But, and so I'm like, well, I have a tag. Now I kind of want to go hunting.
1: Yeah. It's 19 bucks.
0: Yeah. And I have no problem spending money with the Missouri department of conservation so well, if you don't unless to, it's with the game warden
2: <laughs> yeah oh shit Watch so. Mitch turn to that guy that just never gives up just trying to find the deer every week he goes yeah. back Walter it's like Mitch come Mitch no uh oh, Wilson.
1: Wilson 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 <laughs> he's dead yeah, like, well this
2: podcast is just David Austin because Mitch is still looking for someone looking for his deer
1: someone's already done killed that dude and got yeah. him up and is having jerky right now mm. and it's probably delicious well
2: that's Who the thing knows? is like you see like Mitch watering out back and you see the guy eating jerky deer, you're like man what's that guy out there walking around right doesn't he
1: know i shot that (laughs) dude uh Uh, we're
2: gonna talk about business who
1: who knows I i might
0: go back this weekend we'll see so i i heard a great quote uh today or yesterday uh and it's 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 a great conversation piece so this quote is there is no stress in the world only people thinking stressful thoughts and then acting on them so, what the quote is alluding to. Bullshit. <clears throat> what the quote is alluding to is that you make your own stress. That's not true. The, the quote is alluding to the fact that it by nature, the world is stress free.
1: That's and, bullshit. And you make your
0: own stress. So, um,
1: curious to see your thoughts on it. Well, it's complete. I shouldn't say it's complete bullshit. It's half bullshit. If I go to the doctor. And the doctor tells me, hey, you might have cancer. We have to do another test. For the week and a half that you're waiting for the test, you're stressed out. That's natural occurring stress. When my daughter goes out and plays soccer, I'm worried that she's not going to do good. And it's not because of anything anyone else You know, has to. I am just wanting her to, so that she feels good, right? Like that's stressful. Well, so that's a a very minor stress. I mean, you know what I mean. One's super drastic, and one's really small. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You going to let me finish my point? No, hold on, hold on. Now I can (laughs) control. I'm going to talk anyway. I can control (laughs) some of that stress myself, but that doesn't mean that the stress does not exist. Well. So
0: Layla playing soccer in itself is not stressful. It's people thinking stressful thoughts and then acting on them. You're thinking of the thought of her not doing well and you're acting on those thoughts and that's causing the stress. I'm, I'm playing devils. I'm not, I'm not saying this is the case. Yes,
1: that's the biggest load of horseshit. i playing devil's advocate
0: heard. here that you're building your own stress by worrying about for one, coming up with the idea that she wouldn't do well. And then worrying about that and creating your own
1: stress. I think that's, that's natural, but that's natural stress. Every parent worries about their child. Yeah. There's nothing you can, there's nothing you can do to change that. There's, I mean, other than being, what what did they used to do back in the day? They'd take a sharp rod and stick it in your eye and make you retarded. They'd like scramble the front part of your brain. Uh, lobotomy. Okay. Okay. Yes. That <laughs> other <than>, left <laughs> field. Other than doing something like that, yeah. you're gonna be worried. Okay. Oh man, I could be really sick. You're gonna have stress about that. Yeah. This this quote so, is more talking about. I would say, like, you go to work, and you're worried about what other people think about your progress. That is what I would. Think that that quote is more referring to? Yeah, I think the quote
0: is highlighting. It's forcing you to pause and realize how much stress you bring on yourself versus actual stress within the world. Like, agreed. Like, let's
1: go back. So, but there is stress. It says there is no stress. Stop it. Right. So, like, stop. Well, I think um,
2: I think people try. Sometimes people try to make mm. idealistic sayings (laughs) out of everything, where it's like it just. Why can't it just be like stress is stress? Why does it have to be like there is no stress? Because as
0: soon as you acknowledge that stress is stress, you're giving permission for people to be stressed Mm. and people will take that with liberty and they'll get stressed about anything. They'll get stressed about a line at Quick Trip. They'll get stressed about the, the checkout lines at the grocery store. They'll get stressed about a light turning red when they woke up late and now they're going to blame the fact that they're late to work on the light mm-hmm. and not on the fact that they woke up late. Like I, th- I think that's kind of the logic there. I, I, I yeah. agree with
1: that. I think a lot of the culture that we live in today is not necessarily that other people are putting pressure on you. It's that you are creating pressure for yourself. Yes. And that, and that causes stress. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just people can't handle like, I don't let other people stress me out. Like I, I usually can acknowledge the fact that something's starting to bother me or something. And then I can just be like, okay, yeah, you know what, whatever. I mean, I just like
2: input. Like it's, it's too, it's like, if you're stressed, like pay attention and think about how many things that you don't have an autopilot that could be on autopilot versus like when you wake up like wear something similar than you did like the same day yesterday where it just like automate those decisions where it's like you do the same thing every morning where it's like you're racking your brain if you're making new decisions and you've made a new decision for everything and it's ten AM and you're like your brain's dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look at it like like I go out and play golf. I suck at golf. We've talked about that on previous shows. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I suck at it. So I can go out and play golf and it's a stress-free environment, right? Yeah.
1: Cause you're just having fun.
0: Yeah. You go put tiger woods out on the golf course in competition for a green jacket. Mm-hmm.
1: There's and, a level of stress there
0: and there's a level of stress there. Or and pressure. a lot of it's what he's bringing on himself, right? He chose to put himself on that course that day to, to compete for the green jacket. You know, he's, he's analyzing his own shots and you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't necessarily like. I think the quick way to look at this is people would look at this quote and think stress is a bad thing. And uh, stress is a very real part of a highly
1: successful person. So, no, their ability to deal with stress is part of a highly successful person.
0: Yes. But like, you don't. Um, you you're not going to see a high level of success without putting yourself in situations that could be deemed as stressful and then your ability to navigate those situations helps determine your level of success. Well
1: that yeah, but that's that's counterintuitive sort of because someone else deeming it as a high stressful situation doesn't mean that you personally do. Correct. You know, and it's that subjective. is just yeah, so that is just just because it seems to us that Elon Musk is in a high, stressful situation buying Twitter. He don't give two shits. You know, he's that doesn't stress him out. Right. You know, and that's what makes him successful is, yeah. is making those hard decisions does not stress him out. People that nitpick small things about their own lives all the time you know oh what am i gonna do about this oh what am i gonna do about this okay. they're usually not successful people yeah because they have burned themselves out in 10 minutes thinking about shit that doesn't even matter
0: yeah you and, know and i'll be the first one to say that nine out of ten things that we worry about happening will never happen but boy it doesn't stop us from worrying about them Yeah, we worry about our kids getting hurt. We worry about our kids getting kidnapped. We worry about our kids doing drugs. We worry about our kids, you know, being um, having having their thoughts messed with by a teacher. We worry about our kids and their friends. Like I'm I'm on a kid train here, but like,
1: yeah, it's because I brought it up earlier. It's fine. Yeah, like
0: there's there's literally you know no shortage of things we could worry about in regards to our kids. However, if we were to put them all down. 90% of them will never happen. But it sure doesn't keep us from worrying about them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a it, this is a little off topic, but you know the the train ride that is life and is mm-hmm. humanity is I've you know I've said it for a long time. It's going downhill pretty quick. Well, a lot of that I think is because we do overprotect yeah. kids and we do worry about every little thing that's happening yep. and we try to control every little small thing and all of that snowballs, you know, with the actual things that are happening. Yeah, you know, because you see them and they are happening. Yeah, it's you know, and when me and Mitch were kids, I would ride over to Mitch's house after school on my bike when I was. 12 years old or 13 years old and literally wouldn't go home till half hour after the streetlights were on. Right. And no one ever gave two thoughts about, you know, something bad could happen. But now bad things do happen. mm -hmm. And so people think about it. Are they as dramatic as we make them out to be? Probably not. No, gosh, no but they are going up. Right. You and, know,
0: and you, you, we've talked about this in, in previous shows. I don't think the world is any more of a dangerous place today than it was back in the eighties. I think the speed of, of media and information and, and, and all of those stories traveling around are so prevalent now that we hear about all the bad things. Whereas back in the eighties, if it didn't happen in your town, you may not have heard about it. Yeah. You know, and or does... if you didn't watch the national news, you may not have heard about it. Well, now, you hear about it from text message, you hear about it from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. national news. Like you you hear about it from every source out there and they'll they'll bring up stuff that happened 3 years ago as if it's current. And so, uh, you know, very real story about that. Like literally last week, we have a rule in our house, no no kid in our house gets a phone until they're 13.
1: Um, Layla will be lucky if she's out of the house by the time she's 21. <laughs> yeah. So, and like, Mason's that's like 13. My big thing. I'm way overprotected. Like, yeah. you know,
0: Mason's 13. He has a phone. Grant is 10, uh, 11. He does not have a phone, right? Yeah. Well, Grant's the adventurous one. He's the one that's on his bicycle all over the neighborhood. And, and we're talking miles away. You don't have a tracker in that kid's shoes? No. So, <laughs> what we did was we See? bought him. we bought him a watch that has a GPS locator on it. Perfect. But it can also do some pre pro like we can text him whatever we want. We it, it can do it's got like 5 or 10 pre-programmed texts.
1: Yeah, say like, get home now.
0: Like yeah, we like, can where ask you him at, bro? Yeah, we can ask him a couple of questions. We know what the pre-programmed texts are. He can also speak into it and give us a voice message real fast. Um but here's the cool part with it. Like it's got cell service and all that. Uh nobody can text him on it. Like the only text they can receive are from
1: us. First off, I've never heard of that.
0: It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's badass. Cool, yeah. Where
1: did you get that?
0: Oh, you just have to ask Danielle later. Like it's really, it's, it's like. Did you of, like get
1: it at Verizon or something?
0: No, she got it online. I can't remember how it works, but I'm getting some new
1: shit tomorrow.
2: Um, well, I saw a kid at our church who had. They did this. I think maybe they gave her a kid, get a kid. She's for Layla. like that's a 2 year She's like an Apple Watch. And I'm like, I for me, I'm like, why would they do that? But I'm like, now that I know,
0: well, so here's the dilemma, right? Like, mm. the moment you get your kid a device, now they're they're getting access to all the social medias.
1: Not with that your, watch.
0: Right. So, so you're getting all of the, like the reason you want to, like, here's the, here's the problem with a lot of parents is they tell themselves, well, I needed to get my kid a phone so I could see where he's at and, you know, could check in with him and all this. But now, like the moment you do that, well, now your kid has access before they're, before they're emotionally prepared for social media. Now they have access to social media. And I don't know why Danielle and I came up with this. 13-year-old thing. But for some reason, we just felt at 13, they're nearing the maturity level where they can handle some of the social media stuff. And so, that's why we got Mason a phone at 13. Well, with Grant having this watch, we get all of the perks of having the phone. We can communicate to him whenever we want but he, he can't do all the social medias. He it's can't like text a, friends. It's an
1: old flip phone that's on his wrist. Kind of,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So Genius.
1: Why didn't we think of that? I don't know.
0: It's God, it's really man. cool. So, I mean, he's got his own phone number and all that stuff. It's kind of neat. But, again, that whole, even that whole thing was spawned out of the random thing. Like, there was one night three weeks ago where he was over at his buddy's house. Ironically, his buddy is here right now.
1: Yeah, I saw him downstairs playing um, Shot.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was over at that that friend's house, and he's about a mile and a half away, but it's all through neighborhoods, so Grant knows he can ride his bike there, um, and Grant was playing inside their house, lost track of what time it was, didn't realize that it had gotten dark outside, and so he got a little bit of an earful because he came home like an hour and a half after dark. Now, we knew where he was. We can text his parents and find out he's still there yeah. and you know all of that kind of stuff, but like the rule is you need to be home by dark, right? Well, all it takes is one little encounter like that before as a parent. And you're like, you know, is he dead in a ditch somewhere? Yeah. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, again, Kids used to do that all the time. You and I used to do that oh, all man. the time. We Always. would we would leave at sun up in the morning. On the weekends, dude, it was... And we wouldn't come home until sundown, and, and our parents would have no clue where we were at. No, no like, fucking clue. We wouldn't tell, like, we didn't know where we were We'd going. We'd be
1: swimming in the lake.
0: We'd be swimming in a lake. 13, We'd be playing in a cave. Like, it, who
1: freaking knew where we were? We could were. have been dead out there, and it would have taken them months to find us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and so, like, none of this stuff changed. Still, kids on bikes playing in neighborhoods and everything else. It's just the access to all of the scary information changes, and so it makes yeah. you fearful, right? Again, there is no stress in the world; only people thinking stressful thoughts and then acting on them. Well, the whole fact that we bought Grant this watch was totally us acting on a stressful thought.
1: If you think I'm not buying one of those watches tomorrow, you're fucking high. <laughs> I'm buying one for her. Shorty, it's
0: freaking cool. So, um, it's the, the the point that we wanted to bring that up in this show is. As you're bringing around the ideas of starting your own company, you're you're freaking out about all of the what-ifs, about all of the fearful things. You're freaking out about all of the things that could trip you up. Just know that nine, at least 90% of what you're worried about will never happen.
1: Well, and it won't happen, especially if you... Go back and listen to the first nine episodes. Correct. When we talk about preparation yeah. at every level, once you're once you are prepared, you don't you don't have all those doubts, right? You know what I mean? Doubt is generated by being unprepared in a lot of situations. Yeah. You know, I mean, talking to your spouse about a difficult situation, you're worried the whole time because you're not prepared to talk to her about it well, or him about. It. I mean, it's just. If you're prepared for every situation to the most preparedness, I know that's bad English to that you can be at, the more comfortable and confident you are in that situation. If you've never built a deck before, but you've talked to someone that has, and you have planned it all out, you have gone to Home Depot and bought all the wood, you have double checked your list once everything was at the house. You are more confident in dealing with that job than you were when you started. Yeah. I mean, preparedness is a huge part of understanding and being comfortable where you are in life, whether it be business or relationships or anything yeah. for that matter.
0: Let me ask you this. How often have you failed at something that you gave your all at? Me? Yeah.
1: I'm awesome at everything, so zero. Zero my and dad my dad has now, his now some
0: people would look at that and say like oh he's being cocky no 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 Bl- Bl- austin how often have you failed at something that you gave your all
2: at? Oh, oh I just failed today. I didn't win that contest. <laughs> I spent hours on that freaking now, you, video. <laughs> you can't.
0: T- that's a subjective thing. That's yeah. He he entered a video editing contest. I probably his,
2: spent like fifteen hours. His finished product
0: it, yeah. was fucking amazing. <laughs> that's
2: yeah. But it's
0: a subjective. Like yeah. literally, they have a hunt. Everyone got there's handed like the thousand, same.
2: There's like a thousand submissions. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So a thousand submissions. How many? How many minutes of content did you have to go over?
2: It was, I think, eight, I think it was eight clips that were five minutes long. So, okay, so I mean,
0: everybody got handed eight clips that were five minutes long. They didn't film this. Everybody got handed the same eight clips, and it was a 1,000 submissions on... Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, I
1: guarantee someone's buddy got it.
0: Okay, so that's mm-hmm. an example... We talked about that. Yeah. Somebody that
1: knew somebody got the prize. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's an example of just because you didn't win doesn't mean you failed, mm-hmm. right? How how often have you failed at something that you gave your all at?
2: Um, well, it just it kind of de- depends
1: on like, which way. Uh, like. And Mitch's the the question really is based on. Like, I've played sports and gave my all and not won. He's talking more about projects. Like, if you're if you're doing a project at home and you gave it your all, your true 100%, I did everything I could just to get it done, you probably got it done. Right. I mean, the success rate is probably realistically 95%. Right. You know what I mean? Oh if you literally give it everything you got, you got it done. The problem with people now is there. I gave it everything is I gave it 70% and then then I quit. I I worked a little bit and expected a lot of success. Yeah, It was so (laughs) hard. I couldn't do it. And and so
0: not that I want to correlate this to video games at all because I don't. However, this is one of the problems you see with guys that are heavily, heavily into gaming is gaming creates a scenario where you don't have to give it your all and you may or may not win. (sighs) Um, but It also makes it makes you become very okay with losing.
1: You just try again because
0: you just reset and try again, right? Yeah. So you respawn, uh, right? Right. Yeah. If if
1: you if you played the game and you couldn't play for an hour after you got killed, you wouldn't be playing all the time, correct? Mm -hmm. Or you'd play a little. The game would be completely different. So that was one
0: of the interesting things with Fortnite. Um, once you die once, you're out. Well, yeah. so like what I don't I I didn't I, you have to forgive me. I'm not is a Fortnite video gamer. still a thing. Well, I think like, it is. My kids used to play; they don't anymore. But here was the mm-hmm. thing that rattled my kids with Fortnite, um, and we ended up like urging them. to Like we're we're usually not the type to forbid them from doing like, why don't you anything, play but we kind of yeah, bro. we kind of talked them away yeah, from it. Yeah. So the thing with Fortnite is like you have a hundred people playing in a match, and it's the the last one standing wins. Right? Well, so you have a hundred people playing. When you die, you have to wait for the match to start over. Yeah. So you have to watch the whole rest of the match. And that's a different element than just dying and respawning, right? Well, to a eight-year-old to a seven-year-old it's painful it's very is painful. painful right and they're so just
2: ticked for 20 minutes it's rather than being ticked for just a couple seconds yeah you're
1: sitting there just fuming this is totally off topic but that gets into the thing of the younger you are the longer the minutes are oh yeah yeah i mean when yep. you're 80 totally. when you're 80 a month is like yeah nothing. because in the in, if you break that your life you're 80 years down yep i mean each it's just it's a I minute's mean, a long time now. Yeah. It's a, a higher percentage of your life. Yeah, a lower percentage of you your life. Waiting for Christmas Sorry. when you are like five years old, felt like seven. Oh my God, you're waiting. Now it's like, boom, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Like what happened to Thanksgiving? And so you have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Cash. So, hey, cash only, man. Yeah.
2: Like if we can make it out of, like if you can make it out of December, like clearing the
1: budget, you're doing pretty good as I told you. Yeah. Yeah. We have never met a Christmas so, budget ever. <laughs> L-
0: luckily in our house, when it comes to Christmas, we we are not big gift givers in our house. Like Daniel and I will likely not get each other anything for Christmas. What? Yeah. We like
1: like uh, we don't like we don't try to go over all over the top. I mean, I'm not going to say what's happening this year, but I mean I love giving gifts. Right. Like you, as you get older, you know, you always hear people you know, when you're younger, oh, the best part is giving gifts. And you're like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Of course, no, no, it's no. better. Get, but like, when I see, when I get someone to get, and it doesn't have to do anything with monetary value. Yeah. But like, if I if I gave Mitch a gift that was $25, but it was something like from our childhood that I knew yeah. he would remember and would love, like, I, I would rather give him that than him him give me a gift card to Carrabba's or some... You right. know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Right. Car- like, are, is Carrabba's even still around? Nope. Not really. I no,
1: just, I, it just popped into my head. I don't... Yeah. It just literally... I don't know why that popped into my head. But, so, so on that same you know logic... Mean, I love... So at Christmas, like on Christmas... This is... And I'm going to rat myself out here. No, you're not. Like at Stop. At, like Christmas Eve, I am super excited for Layla to open her gifts the next day. Mm. Like I'm drinking bourbon. Oh, yeah. I got a fire going, you know, and I'm up late because I'm excited that the next yeah. day she's going to yeah. get, you know, all this cool stuff and I'm going to get Janine this, I'm going to get my brother this and I'm going to, you know what I mean? I I love that part of Christmas. Yeah. So, so I, like
0: Danielle and I's w- logic with that is... If I ever come across something that I want to buy Danielle because I genuinely think, like, I, I'm excited for her to receive the gift, I don't have to wait till Christmas. I just buy it.
1: Yeah, but then you just end up spending a lot of money because you just yeah. buy them all the time. No, because, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's,
0: I mean, it's hard to find something for somebody that, like, you know they're going to be super, unless it's, like, fake or petty.
1: Like Yeah, uh, but then that's not a good gift. Thanks for the mocha chino like yeah
0: yeah, come on really
2: And i could see what you're saying about like two probably gift giving to kids is even that much more joyous because it's like they haven't like they're like adult and the worries of life like haven't set in they're just pure joy yeah that's the
1: best part about having kids yeah is, is is their reaction to every aspect of life i mean even when they're crushed when they're i mean You know, and they're having, you're giving, I mean, it just, you see what true life was supposed to be like until the shithole world took a dump on them. Right. You know, it's just like, that's, that is what life is supposed to be about. And especially before they find out about Santa,
0: because that's a, that's a key role. Like, uh, when, when you can do it all under the guise of Santa, Mm. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Um, the I mystical didn't. whim of... Yeah, yeah, the the whole mythical nature yeah, around I mean, that, right? Uh, this, Layla's now.
1: starting to... She's nine, so she's starting to ask questions. Yep. And I'm like, I just look at her, I'm like... Pfft what are you talking about yeah i'm just well, like no so you know? so both because of ours I, know it's now completely selfish Dude, on I'll my part yeah I mean, I'm like it's for me well and it the reason why work. is because yeah.
0: now it's the gig is up right so now the onus is on yeah. you for the like if, if santa brings a crappy gift you can blame the jolly fat guy at the <laughs> north pole but the moment she finds <laughs> out now it's like Dad. Fucking dad's an idiot. Dad, Why'd you do this?
2: This sucks. And putting yeah. food out for reindeer. And I remember oh, being yeah. like so innocent and being like, my dad was like, did you hear like any thumps on the, the roof? I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. the reindeer came. Yeah, yeah. do cookies, cookies and the milk and the carrots. Carrots yeah. are for the reindeer. Go out yeah. the next day and like you know the reindeer food would be gone. Like and just being like, oh they came. I got to remember <laughs> to tell
1: Janine. Don't we listen to the podcast in the car? Yeah, I honestly don't think she listens to the podcast. So probably not a big deal. We she gathered, gathered listening like, turds to and sprinkled them in the front yard so the
0: kids would think the reindeer pooped
1: mm. <laughs> did you kidding. see they used to do it they still do it they have uh santa id cards like his license and you mm. buy them and you just throw them out in the yard and the kids oh, you're like, oh, oh look, look what he, i found he, he dropped lost his, his license, driver's license <laughs> for a slave i never did that God, but
0: that's cheesy you it, oh, know it's super cheesy um yeah so like in our house i mean we really thrive on the gift giving but There's this weird unspoken, unwritten thing of like, if you can't come up with something great to give, it's better to not give something than to give something simply because you're just trying to check the box, right? Yeah. So like there's been Christmases where I've gotten Danielle like awesome gifts, but there's also been Christmases where I haven't gotten her anything and it has nothing to do with budget or anything else. It was just at that time, I couldn't find something that I knew would make her smile that she couldn't just go out and buy herself anyway. You know.
1: Well that's that's the other problem too. When you're when you have money and you're older and you're like, Man, I can just go buy whatever I want whenever I want. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Mm. So, you know, we try to we try to bring all of our gifts for Christmas around Except like experiences.
1: So if anyone out there's listening and has lots of money, I will take a Ferrari. You will take a Ferrari? Ferrari. A Ferrari. Elon, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. dude, I would mm. love one of my in, an F50 Enzo well, one of my friends like posted on Facebook 15 years today ago just I'll take it
0: one of my friends posted on Facebook today he's like man in this housing market the only way I'm getting a house is if Mr Beast buys me one <laughs> 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 it's pretty funny i
2: think you know? too like uh, I'm, That's good. I'm thankful that the way like my life has gone and how things have like planned out like my car is still good for knock on wood like Five more years. It's only has like 120,000 miles on it, and it's a Honda. Yeah, our leases. So it's
0: like a fifth of the way through its life. So
2: like our leases until next July. Fall off
0: of
1: it, but the motor will keep running. So I guess
2: with the people that are hitting the most, or where like this year's where like new house, new car, new whatever falls on. But for us, it's been yeah, we're
1: thankful for that for sure.
0: Well, and so like. I know my dad does not listen to this show, so I don't have to worry about this. Vic uh, doesn't
1: listen to this show.
0: My dad probably doesn't know what a podcast He's is. He's still trying to
2: chase on that deer, to let alone. <laughs> He's a,
0: fucking... My dad's asking me how to, like, send pictures on a, on his phone. So, But anyway... Um, to talk to that Vic. <laughs> we learned this weekend that that boy desperately needs some ratchet straps. He's trying to tie a four-wheeler to a trailer with, like, an old piece of bailing wire and twine. And he pulls out wow. this like crusty ruch, rusty ratchet strap that's like So he's getting like it's so dry rotted it's tied into a knot. And I'm like, What makes you think it's not gonna break on either side of that knot?
1: It's worked for thirty years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so he's getting he's getting, so his he's getting some pack. ratchet straps. He's getting an eight pack of the small one inchers. Yep. He's getting a four pack of the big three inchers. He's Absolutely. gonna get some nice stuff,
0: and and what's funny is like, and I'm he's going having it. He's yeah. gonna be like, yes! I'm, I'm more <laughs> excited about getting him that gift than like I haven't even thought of a gift I'm gonna get Danielle yet. So like, I'm more like that's the most exciting gift I've got in my lineup this year, and it's because I know he'll appreciate those ratchet straps more than anything else. <laughs> So that's just how my mind works when it comes to that.
1: Merry Christmas people. Right. Uh, Last topic we're talking about today. We're on an hour. You better clean it. You better make it quick. I know. Uh,
0: Car buying these days. So the car market is rather interesting, right? Um, The used car inventory is very low. Uh, The new car inventory is also very low. And so the superficial thing is, yeah, it drives all the prices up, right? Yeah. Duh. Now, what it's also and, and done there's no
1: more negotiating
0: well yeah and what or it's also done n- there's very minimal negotiating um what it's also done is made some crazy tactics go on at the dealership so uh we wanted to talk about that as you're looking to start your business and you're looking to buy a vehicle for your business um things to watch out for so um and these are these are from very personal experience here within the last week we sold my wife's car we're looking at buying a new car for her not a new car but a new to her car. Um and and so we're we're ex- exploring all this stuff and uh these are all things that are new within the last year or two with this car shortage of new cars. Um dealers uh, some dealers are requiring that you finance with them. Um and it used to be like back in the good old days of like 0% financing. You you would you you'd finance with the dealer to get zero percent financing, and you'd have to
1: you'd make have you, to pay sticker, or you'd have to pay just below sticker. Yeah, there was no haggling. Yeah, there, so like if you it were getting zero yeah. percent, there was no
0: haggling on the price. Or if you wanted to haggle on the price, then you were going to pay you know three or four or you five were, percent.
1: You were paying the extra two thousand dollars, no matter what. It was just where was the money going? Right. What helped the dealership you know look like they're selling more cars at a you know and. You, oh, we're getting people to use our financing, yeah. you know, for those that weren't going to pay it off early, right? Um, yeah. That's an old trick of the trade.
0: Yeah. So another thing that's happening a lot is the dealers are forcing you to buy the dealer-added options. So what I mean by that is, like, let's say a car has an optional, like, entertainment package, right? Well, that comes from the factory with that, where it's got maybe a bigger screen and some navigation or a better sound system or, you know, whatever.
1: You're talking like running boards or Yes. Upgraded like undercoating or or paint
0: protection or window tinting (laughs) like like that's all done at the dealer. Yeah. And the dealer is forcing you to spend an extra three grand on the dealer added options if you want to buy their car. They'll list the car for I'm just gonna use round numbers. They'll list a car for fifty thousand dollars. But then when you go in and buy it, now all of a sudden it's fifty six and you're like, wait, it was listed at fifty. Well, yeah, that's that's the price of the car, but then we've got the three thousand dollars for the you know this, yeah. and we got the other, you know and, and well, so and they're
1: doing that because they're not selling a lot of cars. And they need to keep their guys going. Right. So they that that money doesn't go to Ford or yep. Chevy. That goes to the dealership. Yeah. I mean, I get it. No, I, I totally get it. It's tough right now. So
0: another so on the Ford or Chevy thing, um, quick sidebar. One thing so Ford Yeah, right. <laughs> Ford Ford clapped down on their dealers and they said no more marking it up above MSRP. And so what dealers are doing, yeah, is they'll literally go to you, Dave, and they'll say, "I'm going to sell you this truck for MSRP and I got a sweetheart deal for you. You're going to drive it for 2 months. And in 2 months, I'm going to buy it back from you for
1: $4,000 over MSRP." Yeah, and then they're going to sell that truck to someone else for the same money.
0: And they're going to no, they're going to buy it back from you. Now it's a used car, and Ford can't do anything on used cars. So now they buy it back from you for 4 grand over MSRP. Mm-hmm. And now they'll go list it for ten grand over MSRP as a used car. As a
1: program car, yeah.
0: And, and so now you made money. They're making money twice because they sold the car to you, and they're going to sell it used. Um, yeah. I, I have a buddy who's literally done that four times in the last year and a half.
1: Yeah, and I will say I've talked to a guy that's a little high up uh I won't say what, who he works for. I don't know if you know him or not. But, you know, so they've they've been you know, the big whole deal was we don't have the chips. Yep. So we can't make the cars and they're driving up. Well, they're still making cars. They just don't have the chips in the cars. Yep. There are literally lots with a 100,000 cars in them. Mm-hmm. You know. And that is going to happen is when they catch up on these chips and get all these chips in and these other guys, they're going to flood the market yep. with vehicles and vehicles are brand new vehicles are going to be a nickel. Yeah, they're literally going to be a nickel. So I, I've been telling because people I know that are looking, you know, for this and that or whatever. If you're not going to start your company for six months, don't rush and buy a car right now. No, gosh, no. no wait, no. wait and see what happens. The economy's. Going into the tank now, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I hope it everything works out, but I don't think that that's what's going to happen. Right. I think it's going to drive into the tank. Um, interest rates are going up, mm-hmm. just like you're finding out if you're going to buy a car, yep. right? Yep. But in six months from now, if they start tapering that stuff off and there's a million trucks out there for a nickel, you'll be able to get whatever you want yeah. for 20% less than yeah. it would cost you right now. Yep. Yep. So maybe tell Danielle it's not time to buy a new car. Yeah, maybe we should have kept our fusion. Yeah, we'll see. You know, just judgment on my end. <laughs> yeah, there's there's more to, there's more to going in
0: to sell her car than I get on it. the surface. But I, if so, I can,
1: hey, man, if I can't crush those nuts a little, yeah, bit, you gotta every bust episode, my balls. So it's not worth it for me. I'm not making any money. I gotta have some joy. So right? one
0: of the uh, um, one of the other things to look out for. And and this you won't usually find at your official dealerships. And I say official, I mean like a branded, like a Dodge or a Ford or You'll a Chevy. you find it at
1: a Max Motors. Yeah,
0: you're going to find it at a at a higher end used dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the worst experience we've had when looking for a car. Um, my wife found she she has a very specific model of car she's looking for and so we're finding them all over the nation. There's not tuned too many of them around here and one of them, she founded a dealership down near Atlanta and she's reading the reviews online and the reviews are not good. The reviews have a bunch of like heavy, heavy wording in them about illegal this and breach of contract that and scam artist and con artist and, you know, like it's yeah. it's one thing to get a bad review, it's another to have so, a lot of those heavy words in yeah, there, so right? So you
1: don't buy one from them.
0: And well, so at the I mean, you're kind of looking at it like you know, the dealership doesn't really affect the quality of the car, so these people are really reviewing their transaction sometimes. Right? And, yeah, and so sometimes. it's like, I mean, I can I can put up with some shit. Like if it's if they've got the car that we want, I can put up with some shit right so in this particular car it's a 2019 and it's only got 781 miles on it and and the price that they're asking for it is similar to other 2019s with 20 or 30 thousand miles on them and so i'm like uh yeah like let's pursue that one i can put up with some shit for that right so we find out exactly why the dealer has all these bad reviews um i called up and they're in atlanta i have a missouri you know, prefix on my of phone. Of
1: course, they're in Atlanta,
0: and and so I call up and or California, <laughs> and the lady on the phone says, "Hey, the salesman's out in the lot, but let me just grab some info. Where are you calling from?" And I say, "I'm Kansas City area," and she goes, "What car are you looking at?" And I tell her what car I'm looking at, and she goes, "Okay, were you going to be needing financing or or not?" And I said, "Well, we're either going to pay cash for it or we're going to finance it through our own bank. I don't know yet, but to you, it'll be cash either way, like it'll be a check either way, yeah. right?" So then she's like, "All right, I'll have the salesman call you back." So the salesman calls me back and he says, that car is not available anymore. It's been sold. And, uh, it just seemed kind of weird, right? Like, why couldn't she tell me that? And so one of the reviews that my wife read online was that they would tell, like they wanted, they would tell out of state people the car was sold, but yet they would sell the car to in-state people. And so I told my wife to call you know, in this day and age, you can't really tell where somebody's from just by their area code on their phone. Oh yeah. And so I told my wife to call. She has a different area code on her phone. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, I said, call them and tell. Like, for one, you're a woman. So if this dealership is being shady, they're gonna think they can take advantage of a woman. Yeah. But then for two, I said you need to tell them that you're only 20 minutes down the road, and tell them. You're looking to buy a car 20 minutes down the road. So she calls them up and she says, hey, is this car available? I'm only 20 minutes down the road. I saw it on your website. I wanted to see if I could come by and check it out. And they said, oh, yeah, it's most certainly available. Well, they just told me literally yeah. 20 minutes before they told me it was sold. Now they're telling her it's available, right? And they said, oh, yeah, it's it's totally available. You know, what info can I get on get on it? And she asked a couple of questions. They gave her some info. And they said well tell you what let's have the salesman reach out to you what's a good number for you and they said how are you going to be paying for it and she said well you know we'd probably finance it through our bank or we would just pay cash for it either which and and they said all right we'll I'll have a salesman reach out well, the salesman calls out and says no it's not available it's just been sold and so now it all clicks together that dealer only wants to sell cars locally using their in-house financing because if you don't pay the bill, they will repo the car, put it right back up for sale, keep all of your payments, and start that whole process over again. Yeah. So they're treating their inventory not like it's once it's sold, it's gone, and they have to get new inventory. Their inventory is revolving, and they're hoping that people default on the notes so that they can go repo the car right back. That's why they want to sell locally. Why do you
1: think that they... Are gonna are hoping to repo the cards Was it in the reviews? A lot of the, of the reviews? reviews we're okay. talking about.
0: In and, and so some of the reviews we're talking about, like we had to finance internally, and one hundred and fifty dollars a month goes to some processing fee. It doesn't go to your principal. It doesn't go to your oh, interest.
1: They're so using shady financing. So they were using real shady
0: financing and all this kind of stuff. Always
1: read your lease agreements, people. Yeah, and financing yeah. agreements.
0: And and so like obviously we're not gonna go sign up for some bullshit like that. Yeah. Um. But. Like that's the kind of crap that dealers are pulling. Uh, we had another instance, literally today, uh, we find another one that seems to be cheaper than all the others around town. And and so I you know we agree on a price. I tell the guy like, go ahead and I'm gonna check with my bank. He was not requiring internal financing. I said, I'm gonna check with my bank and see what kind of rates they have. I might just pay cash for it, I'm not sure. Um, I said, go ahead and send me over a copy of the title front and back, my bank's gonna need that. So, he sends me over a copy of the title, and it's a salvage title. Nowhere, anywhere in any of their ads does it say salvage title. And so, I call the guy back up, and I'm like, salvage title? He goes, I You can't
1: even get a loan, usually, on a salvage title.
0: Right. Well, and so, uh, he said, well, it's clearly listed on our website. And I'm like, well, okay. It's not clearly listed on the website I found the car on.
1: And you're so much nicer than me, because I would be like, (laughs) apparently- you're an asshole liar. Yeah, and oh I've God. got your ass busted so, here. you what's and you're funny?
0: A piece of shit. What's funny is last night I put a five hundred dollar deposit on the car to hold it, and and before I put the deposit Refundable? in, Well, he this is all in text, and I love text for this. Yeah, because
1: it's it's a record. Man. Yeah,
0: and and so he's texting me, and he says, "Well, to hold the car, we and this car that Daniel's looking for, they kind of go quick, and half of them are already sold, even though they're still on people's websites and all this stuff." And so I said, what's it take to hold the car? You know, it's going to take the bank a day or two or three to get the financing in order and all that stuff and for us to get down to you. And he says, takes a $500 non-refundable deposit. And I'm like, uh, non-refundable? You're five and a half hours away from me. I'm not cool with non-refundable deposit on a car I've never seen. And all the photos you've sent me of it are from an iPhone. I'm an Android, so they're all coming through all grainy. Yeah. Like, I'm just not cool with this. And he's, it, so then I have it in text. He says if you get down here and there's something you're not okay with on the car, we'll refund the money. And I'm like, okay, well, so then he sends the title and it's got a salvage on it. Right. And so I'm like, uh, this is the first I've heard of this. And he says, well, it's clearly marked on our website. And so I go to his website and, and to his credit, it is clearly marked on their website. However, it's not clearly marked on the other website that we saw the car on. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I send him screenshots of all that. I'm like, it's nowhere in this. Well, if you click here and then click here and then click here and seventeen clicks later you can actually find
1: where it is. First off, send me my five hundred bucks. Yeah. Or I'm gonna come down there and kick your ass. (laughs) I
0: didn't I didn't totally yank it yet. Yeah. I kind of put it on pause for a minute, right? But like that's where all of the like you're you're seeing some really interesting. I don't want to say shady. Like it's shady. It's it's shady, but it's it's only shady because it's these are new tactics the dealers didn't used to do and now they're doing it. It's because
1: America's on a slow train ride to hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <sighs> like, I can't honest.
0: really fault the dealers for doing it. If anything, oh, I yes, admire the can. creativity.
1: No. It's,
0: Stop it. For for the purpose of our show for guys that are wanting to start their businesses and guys that are wanting to get their, their businesses off the ground. You need to be looking out for all of this kind of stuff. So, uh, just like I questioned and made him give me an out on the refundable deposit before I gave him the yeah. money, you know, and, and besides, I paid it with a credit card. I could always just stop payment on the credit card, you know, dispute the charge. So, yeah. but um, as you are buying vehicles, look out for this stuff. Um, you know, there's some, there's some great outlets for service vehicles around town. So uh, around the nation that you, yeah, that you can find. Well, so the,
1: the moral of the story is do your due diligence no matter what right now. yeah. I mean, everything, right. Everything is so topsy turvy and back and forth and up and down and everything. You have to really cross those T's and dot those eyes right now yeah. And, yeah, and be aware of what is happening.
0: Yeah. Now I will say, and, and this is, this is not orchestrated by no means. I, I, uh, th- there is a gentleman. So if, you, if you're starting an in-home service business, um, there's a good chance that you're going to want a cargo van of some kind for your in-home service business. Um, there is a gentleman in the nation. His name is Chris Burris. Um, I, I've never met him in person. We have communicated a ton online. We've communicated a ton in Messenger. Um the the vehicle market is so crazy ironically when i have needed vehicles he was low on inventory like he's always had vehicles at the wrong time for me but he is like the used cargo van king when it comes to when it comes to vehicles so if you're looking for a cargo van check this guy out i'm gonna look him up real quick so i don't flub his business name um give me two seconds here i believe it's called it cargo van outlet but i want to just make sure um
1: come on come on come on where's he at where's he at
0: so i found him now i'm just looking for his business name here. hey we're
1: at 115 don't worry yeah. just waiting on you smedley well fill the gap story of my life what do you want me to fill it with garbage something good i can't tell any more embarrassing stories i gave my one embarrassing story up today i mean it was just you know it can't get any worse than that. I don't so, know what to tell you.
0: So it appears it is Value Cargo Vans is his business name. Uh, he's out of Tennessee, but uh, yeah, it is. It's Value Cargo Vans. So um, check that if you're looking for a cargo van. And he does like Chevy Expresses. He does Ford Transits. He does he's all. He's trying of them. to
1: flip them all. He don't care
0: what yeah. they are. But but he is a very straightforward, very honest he's not going to pull any of this shit we were just talking about. He's not going to require you to have inside financing. He's not going to require you to buy their options, their dealer options. He's not going to require you to trade something in. He's not going to do some shit where he wants to sell it locally just so he can repo it after you're 20 minutes late on a payment or whatever the case may be. So, (laughs)
1: um,
0: you know, I love it. Like there, there's, and, and, and I'm sure there's other phenomenal dealers out there. Um, he is one that I can vouch for for sure, so I'll have to text him after this and let him know that I'm going to be dropping his name on there. I didn't ask him permission to, to do that. Permission. So I'm, I'm sure he Tell won't care.
1: Hey, send us some beer. Yeah, send us what some are you beer. Doing, dude. But um, I'm trying to make money with this show. Mitch is just giving out free advertising. Yeah, I just
2: uh, like in a year you're going to have like support from like around the United States of everyone's
1: companies just like line up. So like, <laughs> I'm hoping I use a bunch of these and I'm just going to save them and just start yeah. line them up. Just start stacking them up.
0: So yeah, as as you guys are looking for vehicles for your business is just be leery and and dot your I's cross your T's and make sure that your ass is covered so um, I think that's pretty much all we wanted to chat about on this show That's it,
1: man. All right. All right. So, uh, guys, if you
0: saw value in the show, please do us a favor and share share the show. Also, drop us a five-star review. Um, Those are especially important on iTunes, the way the iTunes algorithm works. Um, The more five-star reviews we get on iTunes, the more likely we are to uh, show up in people's uh, suggested podcasts that need to hear our show. iTunes algorithms understand if you're looking to start your business, and so they're going to actually put podcasts in your vision that would help you out so uh, the more five-star reviews we get on itunes the more that really helps but uh, we we appreciate our spotify listeners we appreciate our youtube listeners as well so um, until next time guys we will see you
1: later love you guys thanks peace